Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the bar podcast, media, audio, radio network. What a show. Brady is back. Mike White whistling away as he leaves Gainesville. And of course, how about this? The bracket. Who would have thought? Here we are. Second weekend of March. The bracket announcement falls to third on the story list. Crazy stuff. Remember Harp on Sports, the bar available for you. Spotify podcast. Also, Buzzsprout and Apple podcast. Harp on Sports, the Facebook page. At Harp on Sports, Twitter. At Harp on Sports, Instagram. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel. And HarpOnSports.com. Follow, share, like, subscribe, all of it. Okay, Brady's back. Going to start with this. And why shouldn't he be? Why wouldn't you come back? You know, if you still can do something at the top of your game, and he was what? One of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league this year. And you can still make $30 million a year, $40 million a year. Aaron Rodgers got 50. Who knows what Brady's going to get? Brady's smart enough to sit there and say to himself, now, wait a second here. I go out and I want 55 or 60. They're not going to be able to pay me that and bring in free agents. He can bring Gronk back. Leonard Fournette can come back for one more go round. Can bring some of these guys back. You can draft an offensive lineman there late in the first round. See, he can build all of these things. You draft another offensive lineman. See, here's the good thing about drafting offensive linemen where you are with your the Bucks. You did it two years ago. You can do it again this year. And whoever ends up being the quarterback is going to then have experienced offensive linemen up front to protect them. I know Gator fans, some of them are upset. I wanted Trask to get a shot. The best thing for Kyle Trask is Tom Brady to come back. Kyle Trask is not ready to be an NFL quarterback. That's why the rumors were circulating. The Bucks were interested. And maybe this was just a little bit of a smokescreen to get everybody not to pay attention to what Brady was up to. But that's why you heard the Baker Mayfield rumors. That's why you heard the Deshaun Watson rumors. Because why? Well, it was one of these things that they... they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. And also, with all those rumors flying, Brady had to make a choice. Do I come back? This still gives me my best chance to win, which it does. A lot of people, well, he can go out to San Francisco. Well, he could go out there, you bet. But you have to learn a whole new team, a whole new scheme, all of those things. And he was able to pull that off rather efficiently. Plus, let's face it, there's no receiver that's going to be the equivalent of Mike Evans for him. So what, is I, what do I think this does? Are the Bucks the favorite in the NFC? We'll see what they add personnel-wise. I'd still say it's the Rams. I know the Packers have had a great run the last few years, but snake bitten in the postseason. If I had to rank in the NFC, I'd say Rams one, Bucks two, Packers three, and not even 49ers four. The Cowboys are in here as well, but yeah. So Aaron Rodgers has got to be the, the, the biggest, I want to say loser because he's not a loser, just made $200 million. The person that this affects the most is Aaron Rodgers. His decision to come back. Then who does it affect? Then Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott. I think the Cowboys were the team looking around going, wait a second here. Yeah, I got to trade Amari Cooper, but we're still in pretty good shape. We still have a lot of talent on this team. And in order to get where we need to get, you know, now that Brady's done and the Rams are going to be cash strapped, we're in pretty good shape. Wrench into all of it. But Tom Brady still plays an extremely high level. Still good. Still good for 4,500 yards, right? 30 plus touchdown passes. I'm glad he's coming back. And again, this is one of those things that you can always tell with somebody that's too tribal in their sports. Somebody that's too angry as a human being. I want to see greatness as long as I can see it. As long as somebody's still good at something, I don't want to see them stop doing it. 
as long as they're still good at it. I don't want to see that come to an end. A guy that was really good that walked away from acting about 18 years ago is Eugene Hackman. You could still do it. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting, what, about four or five years ago? Does anybody think that Daniel Day-Lewis still can't act? Guys won, what, four Academy Awards? Why would you want guys to go away? I just want him to go away. I can't wait for LeBron to be done. I can't wait for Brady to be done. Why? Why would you want greatness to go away? Because you can't beat him? <laughs> Quit being so selfish. Enjoy it. Just never understood people that wish greatness away or want to see greatness go away. Why can't he retire? Why doesn't he quit? Because he's still really good and enjoyable. And look, this is not like it's Star Wars 9 where it's a copy of a copy of a copy that's not any good anymore. Tom Brady's still an elite level. He lost to the Super Bowl champs on a Hail Mary to Cooper Cup in the final minute. After orchestrating a three-touchdown comeback, there's still a little bit left in that tank for good old Tom. So I'm glad he's coming back. The best thing for Kyle Trask, remember Kyle Trask was the third quarterback on this roster last year, right? The best thing for Kyle Trask is to have a full year under Tom Brady. He got to spend the first year completely sitting back and observing. Now he can get his get his hands dirty here a little bit. Get two full seasons under his belt, and here we go. Anybody thinking Kyle Trask is going to be the starting quarterback for this team this year, you're crazy. They're either going to trade him or they're going to go sign a veteran. That's what was going to happen. He's not ready for it. Not too many guys are. Look look at guys that enter the NFL that just struggle. Look at the guys that have a tough time. It's tough to be good out of the gate. You know, look at the Marcus Mariotas, the guys that you think can have it but don't really. Look at Justin Fields, how much trouble he had. Mac Jones obviously had some success. Didn't have much success in New York for the Jets this year, did they? No, it's tough. It's tough to do that in this league. Patrick Mahomes sat a year. Did him a lot of good to learn from Alex Smith. Now, Kyle Trask going to get two full years. Aaron Rodgers sat for what? Four behind Favre? Favre sat for a year? Was he behind Jeff George? Is that how long ago that was? Maybe, right? Was even Jeff George? So, look, guys, this is this is a good thing. Tom Brady coming back. How, how can't that be a good thing? If you're not sharp anymore, like Drew Brees coming back another year, Phillip Rivers coming back another year, I get the apprehension with those guys because they had slipped a little bit. But not Brady. Brady Bliss, baby. Another go-round. He's retired for what? 40 days? 39 days? Something like that? Maybe a little longer than that. Good for him. And good for us. The real winners of Tom Brady coming back? The NFL. Still an elite quarterback, still still a winner. Anybody want to bet that they don't win that division? Now, what's interesting now is what do you do if you're the Carolina Panthers? Because with the Bucs without a quarterback, you know, a day ago, two days ago, you also had the Saints trying to figure out their salary cap situation. You had the Falcons, which was a mess. Carolina looked around and goes, you know, we go out and get Deshaun Watson. We can close this gap now. Now that Brady's coming back, is there that rush to get Deshaun Watson? Is it? Are you in that much of a hurry to get Deshaun Watson now? Instead, if you're Carolina, do you make a run at Baker Mayfield? You know what I mean? I don't. What do you do here if you're you're Carolina? Do you sit back and draft Pickett? Do you draft somebody else? Say, okay, well, we'll figure this out. We we, we still want to be smart about this quarterback position. We're not going to give up three firsts for Deshaun Watson. We're just not going to do it. Who are you competing against at this point if you're Carolina? Who's competing with you for him? Denver? Is Denver competing for Deshaun Watson? No. You're Russell Wilson. Is Seattle? I don't think so. If think about this, if you are Carolina, do you wait a year? See what the quarterback crop is coming out. And and then this is where as a GM, you got to be smart. Matt rule right now, final year, got to have a winning record, right? To keep his job. This is why this stuff's so tricky. 
is it what's in your best interest or the organization's best interest? And or you can play the the, the mental gymnastics if you're Carolina. Let's trade for Deshaun Watson now. It's going to cost us three for or what, what two firsts and two seconds to get him. Maybe more than that this year. Okay, he gets accustomed to the system. Brady retires. We're not going to win the division this year anyway. Okay, so going into next year, we're still going to be missing a first and a second. But then it's our division with Brady leaving because Deshaun Watson will be here. We'll still be a little bit low on personnel because of draft picks, but we'll it'll, it'll be our division next year. Deshaun will have a full year under his belt. See, there's two ways to look at that. Two ways to look at that. So there you go on that front. Uh, Brady Bliss. College basketball. Before we get to the bracket, who I think is going to win. By the way, I have two ones and two twos in the final four. And a coach will win his second national championship. I'll tell you that is coming up. I shocked. Don't say that very often. That Mike White left Florida for Georgia. I thought he was going to leave to go to Ole Miss. I, I thought he could go somewhere else. You see this in college basketball a lot when coaches look around at the landscape and say, all right, for whatever reason, I'm not appreciated here. Um, they want to push me out. I'm going to leave before you can push me out. Shaka Smart did that at Texas where he looked around and said, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go to Marquette. I'm gone. Depending on how you want to look at it, Tubby Smith this, did this at Kentucky where he looked around and said, you know what? I'm not going to do this either. I'm not. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Where'd he go? Minnesota. And then he went to Texas tech. Was it Steve Alford that did this at Iowa that looked around and said, eh, eh, you don't know, man, he went to New Mexico and then he went from there to UCLA. I guess that's a step up, but you see this in, in coaches that, okay, I don't I'm not going to do this lateral or down. Think about this. Mike white. I wrote this down for the last five years for before this year, he had went to the NCAA tournament four straight years and won at least a game. So Mike White, four straight years, goes to a tournament and wins at least a game. Four straight years. Four straight tournaments, four straight years, or the COVID year, four straight tournaments, four appearances, at least four wins. He actually won six, right? Seven? Six games? He looks around and goes, wait a second, if I go to Georgia and I go to four straight tournaments and win a game, I'm golden. That's what Mike Bray does at Notre Dame. Now, Mike Bray at Notre Dame hasn't made the tournament like three go-rounds, and now they're a playing game. But Mike Bray at Notre Dame is like, he makes the tournament, he wins a game. Okay, that's what we want. Mike White is a lot like Mike Bray at Notre Dame. He is. Now, Mike Bray's never made it to a Final Four. He made it back-to-back Elite Eights. Mike White made it to one Elite Eight. So that's who Mike is. Mike White is Mike Bray at Notre Dame. Look at their track record. It's very, very similar. Very close. So Mike White looks around and goes, wait a second here. I go to Florida where if I don't go to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, they compare me to Billy Donovan all the time. I go to Georgia. I, I go to the Sweet 16. I can make more money and have less. Come on. Come on. Well, you should win more. Yeah. But also he looks around and sees that the natives are restless and they want him out. Just shove Dan Mullen out. Depending on what happens with baseball, they'll want Kevin O'Sullivan out if he doesn't go to a super regional. They will. So it's a fan base that is nostalgic for the past, even though like the great long, long standing track record of success didn't exist in football till Spurrier got here. It didn't exist in basketball. Lon Kruger flirted with it a little bit, but Billy Donovan was great. But let's face it, Billy Donovan went to three final fours and back to back was one class. I'm trying to think of what Billy Donovan, what, what that equivalent would be now as I look around college basketball teams that are good teams that flirt. Teams that get to the Sweet 16 consistently. I'm trying to look around and find those examples in college basketball. And who are they? Isn't 
what Billy Donovan did in his last five, six years at Florida? Is that very, very similar to what takes place at Wisconsin? Actually, Virginia. So, look, if I'm Mike White, I, I get it. I understand why he did it. You bet I do. Now, what does Florida do? Here's where reality sets in. Because people wanted Mike White gone. Wanted Mike White gone. Well, who do you want to replace him? You always say this. Well, anybody. Anybody's not a person. Now you have to find a person. Here's Billy Donovan. Oh, my God. Billy Donovan is not going to come back. Why would he come back? Why would Billy Donovan leave his $8 million a year NBA head coaching job to come back and make half that? Why would he do it? Well, because of college. No, no, no. That's why you would do it. Because of college game and he was successful. He's tired of the NBA talent. No, no, no. You're saying that. He's not. Why would Billy Donovan give up his $8 million a year job for this? It's kind of like what, again, Florida's delusion with Billy Donovan is very similar to Tennessee fans in their delusion with John Gruden. Tennessee fans thought they're going to get John Gruden forever. Why? Well, his wife used to be a cheerleader at Tennessee, and you know, um, they, they'll pay him. They'll pay. They'll, they'll make him. They'll pay him eight million a year. It's like, why would he leave the Monday Night Football booth, take a pay cut to go live in Knoxville and work more? Well, his wife used to be a cheerleader here. Oh, oh, okay. Let me get this straight. Make less money. Go to his wife and say, "Honey, I'm going to make less money, and we can move from Florida to Knoxville because you were a cheerleader here 25 years ago." Say it out loud, gang. Say it out loud. Same thing here. Billy Donovan leave his $8 million a year job in Chicago with the Bulls. Pretty good, aren't they? Pretty good. Take a pay cut. You're not going to play Billy. You're not going to pay Billy Donovan more than your football coach. You're just not. Billy Donovan take a pay cut to come from a team that could go to the NBA Finals that is going to be an Eastern Conference threat Billy Donovan, you want him to leave that team to come to Florida and take a pay cut where he doesn't like to recruit. Why would you do that? Not going to happen. Okay, here's to me. This is what fans are going to want. You're not going to get it. Sean Miller, Rick Patino. He's not hiring those guys. You saw that, at least in this front, with what happened with football. What happened with his football program? He looked around Dan Mullen. He wants a business-structured man. And he got that with Billy Napier. Business structure. Business structure. Structure business. Almost a CEO. You're not going to have that with Sean Miller and Rick Pitino. Too much baggage. The guy that I like, Kevin Ollie. Problem with Kevin Ollie. He was paying players or allowing players to get played, paid. You can do that now with NIL, but he's not going to want him either. A guy that could become available is a guy like Frank Vogel. Remember, Frank Vogel was the Orlando Magic head coach for three years. He was decent there in Orlando. It wasn't good, but it was decent. Frank Vogel, Magic, Orlando, would he come back? I don't know. But see, these are all those on the periphery fart stretches. The guy, I'm going to tell you who he's going to hire or who he should hire. Um, there's also guys, I want to make sure I get this right, Jerome Tang, who's the assistant coach at Baylor, who's been with Scott Drew for 19 years, or been at Baylor for 19 years. So here's this Jerome Tang that's been at Baylor for 19 years, an assistant coach. He's the associate head coach. They're rock solid as you can be. Would Could you prime away from Baylor after 20 years, give him the head coaching job at Florida? That's a place that, Mike, that, that I think Scott Strickland should look. The one call that he should make that he won't, the call that he should make that he won't is Don Staley. 
Can't have a woman coach in men's sports. See, there you go. Don Staley's the coach that Scott Strickland should make. He won't, but he should. The guy that the, the guy that checks all the boxes is Matt McMahon at Murray State. Matt McMahon has made the tournament three of the last four years. He won a tournament game. He's won 53 and 66. Matt McMahon at Murray State. He's won 53 and 66 at Murray State. He's made the tournament three of the last four years. He won a game two years ago, and he's good. What's he got? Three losses this year? Four losses? Was he 26 and four? So here at Murray State, oh, by the way, Matt McMahon, born in Tennessee, App State guy, App State grad. This is a guy that's a Southern SEC guy. Matt McMahon, Murray State, is the guy that Florida, right now, if I were a betting man, Matt Matt McMahon at Murray State checks the boxes that Billy Napier checked here for Scott Strickland at Florida. Matt McMahon. I'll say it again. Harp on sports. Matt McMahon, Murray State, next head basketball coach at Florida. Bracket. Okay, I'm not going to go through this whole thing. I'm not. I just There's just no way. No way. Um, everybody's always looking for upsets. They fall in love with these things. I don't know how much of an upset you can say uh, a couple of these things are. By the way, Murray State's a seven seed. Uh, you're going to get to see them play Kentucky in the second round. Uh, I don't really count tens and sevens as upsets. I don't. There's a couple that I pay attention to. Pay attention for Richmond and Iowa, teams that go on great runs in their conference tournament that aren't one of the top two or three teams in the conference. Run out of gas. Watch out for that one. Richmond State and Iowa, I don't think it's going to happen, but watch out for that one. Um, UAB and Houston, I that's another one that people want to fall in love with. I think Kelvin Sampson is too, much of, too good of a head coach, so uh, not going to happen there. Vermont, Arkansas. Vermont, Arkansas is the one I circled first. Vermont, Arkansas is the one I circled first. And if Indiana makes it, if Indiana beats Wyoming, watch out for Indiana over St. Mary's as a 12-5. Mike Woodson's a good basketball coach, and what he's done is pretty impressive. Another one that you want to pay attention to, and I don't know how much of an upset this would be, because uh, seating-wise, it's an upset. I was a little bit surprised that they made it with the ease that they made it in. I think Michigan's going to beat Colorado State. Now, again, I got to see what the point spreads are on all these, but I'm just looking at pure seedings. I gave you an 11 over 6. I'm going to say no, Indiana beat St. Mary's. That's a 12 over a 5. Um... Rutgers, Notre Dame, the winner, that's not beating Alabama. Uh, Vermont, Arkansas, uh, you know, there's a 14-3 that always happened. Yale's not beating Purdue. Uh, Montana State's not beating Texas Tech. Uh, Longwood, Tennessee, maybe. Tennessee went on a great one. You may, yeah, but I don't. Mm. But Rick Barnes does struggle in the NCAA tournament. My alma mater beat him when he was at Clemson. Uh, Colgate, Wisconsin, that's not going to happen either. So if you're going to pick any of those 14-3s, pick Longwood. My Elite Eight, Gonzaga Duke. UCLA, Kentucky. I got UCLA knocking off Baylor. I like UCLA. UCLA, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Duke, Arizona, Villanova, and I have Kansas and Auburn. I have Kansas beating Auburn. I have Villanova knocking off Arizona. So Nova and Kansas, one and a two. I've got Gonzaga and Kentucky. I wanted so bad to pick Duke and Krzyzewski one last go around. And I may regret that, but I've got Gonzaga knocking off. How great would it be to see Kentucky and Duke one last time in the final four? But I've got Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, and Kansas. I have Kansas and Kentucky, and I've got Kansas winning the national championship in basketball. It's a pretty good Final Four when you say Villanova, Kansas, Kentucky, Gonzaga. If you get Duke there, it's, oh my gosh, blue bloods that are all blue. Why did I, and I, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure. You got Agbaji and Braun, two guards at Kansas. Agbaji's averaging 19 points a game, senior. Braun's averaging 14, 15 points a game, junior. So Kansas is the number one team in the country, right? Or they're a number one seed. They roll through the Big 12. They win the Big 12 regular season. They win the Big 12 tournament. And they've got a junior and a senior. They've got two guards, senior at the point, junior at the two. And those guards, 
see how often do you see in college basketball a senior and junior at the guard position for a blue blood power school? They're usually gone into the NBA. Agbaji, senior. Braun, junior. 19, 14.8. So those two, 34 combined points a game, 35 points combined per game from your guards in college basketball? That's why Kansas cuts down the nets and knocks off Kentucky. So there you go. Harfod Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, radio, media network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports Twitter and Instagram. Harp on Sports, Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Harp on Sports, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, and harponsports.com. How about all this craziness? I'm going to work on an article at harponsports.com for you tomorrow, Tuesday. Got to figure out what it's going to be yet. I know. How edgy, right? And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.